Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's the Manchester Odyssey. Um, we've reached a very, very important part of the story here Sam we're looking at the front cover of the 20th of March 1982 Um, it says right across the top of the front cover Roy of the Rovers returns Um, I don't think it's been away has it that's it. Has it been a weird? No, they're just trying to make it sound more exciting. A, That's I'm marketing because they're saying by the letter of the law, Roy of the Rovers, that being Roy Race, has returned to Melchester. I'm just worried that there hasn't been like a strike or anything because there were strikes all the time back then, wasn't there? Stuff just stopped. Yeah. There was a strike at Top of the Pops was off for six months once. Yeah, there'd be like Fucking an announcement. Hell. It has been announced... That the Roy of the Rovers, the people who produce Roy of the Rovers, are going on strike. Against their themselves. union, their union, which is for Roy of the Rovers workers only, <laughs> voted at their annual conference, and uh, yeah, they're looking for uh, an increase because it was actually a publicly funded comic. It, it, was, it was like yeah. the BBC. Yeah, it was like BBC. It was run by the, the government. Government alarm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and Thatcher was like, no, we want to privatise it. And they were disgusted. So they went on strike. Went on strike for a week. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, it says uh, Roy the Rovers returns. 16 pence, value for money. And on the front cover, it just says, welcome back, Racy. And we've got Roy returning to Melchester. Um, and he's wearing a sheepskin coat <laughs> and a green tie with spots on it. And he's shaking hands with Sir Alf Ramsey. And I guess this is the end of the road for Sir Alf, really, isn't it? But look at the fucking the dynamics of this scene here. You've got Roy... This is, is Alpha versus Alpha, oh, isn't it? Oh, isn't it just... Uh, Roy is sort of beaming, delighted to be back. Sir Alf is... His teeth are gritted, let's see. Yeah. It's he the looks, fakest smile. His mouth... Yeah. He's sort of in the position of a smile, but his eyes are pure hatred. I mean, I'm going to see it again. I'll tweet the picture out. Obviously, I'll forget because I always do, but it needs to be seen. And they're, they're shaking hands, and obviously, it's going to be a power handshake from both of them. It's yeah, going to be a handshake to the death. They're both Roy, trying to cripple it, each other. 
you can see Roy is going completely over the top in clenching the older man's hand. Yeah. And he's obviously looking for a bone break there. But yeah. um, Alf, who does is looking old in this picture, like you can really see it when he's when he's contrasted with the vibrant thrusting Roy race. He he mm. does look old, doesn't he? He does. And he's like, oh, hello. Who are you? He's done that. He's done that one. Like the way Roy's come in really on the front foot and it's rather than doing that thing of kind of ignoring yeah. him, he's being overly friendly, which is in itself a power play. And he's giving it the old, hello, old time, a pleasure to meet you. And who might you be? Who might I be? I'm Sir Alf Ramsey. I'm the cunt who's been running this shit show while you've been in a fucking coma. Knight of the Realm won the World Cup in 1966. You must have fucking heard of me, you cunt. Sir, Al- Sir Alfu, is it? Oh, well, I'm very honoured, I'm sure. And he looks and gives a little <laughs> wink to the lads. Like, oh, well, it's, well, it's to keep the unbeaten run going, I see. Thank you very much. But, you know, this team pretty much takes care of itself, I think. Not exactly fucking difficult, is it? How much What's do you get paid on? for this little stint? Have a close look at the, at the picture. You, I can see Roy's hand going around Sir Alf's hand, but then Sir Alf's fingers just seem to be hanging down. No, that's his other hand, mate. That's his oh, other yeah, hand. Is this, it? Yeah, fuck, yeah. sorry. Fucking hell, you got a bit freaked out there. You I thought his hand just had, that. His hand was all floppy. And he'd done a fucking really counter power play yeah. by his like, I know what's going to happen. This can't race. He's probably saying to his wife over his boiled egg in the morning, so today's the day, darling, that I hand <laughs> the reins back to this prick Roy race. <laughs> <coughs> this prick I'm, who got himself <coughs> shot, no less. Did I ever get myself shot? I don't think so. There's plenty of people who have attempted to shoot me. All of them have failed. One person has attempted to shoot Roy Race and they have succeeded. What does that tell you about the man? Plenty, in my opinion. Now, I've met men like Race. I've had dealings with men like Race my whole life. I know precisely what he's going to do before he even does it. He should come into the room. I predict he'll be wearing a sheepskin coat and a green tie. (laughs) The first thing he'll do is try to shake my hand as powerfully as possible. He'll be expecting me to return the favour, but in fact I will allow my hand to go completely limp at the last moment, thereby throwing him completely, disorientating him. He's wearing the sheepskin coat because it is mid-March and the weather isn't so good. I will counter this by wearing a tracksuit. That will make him realise who I really am. As you can see... I am not wearing anything underneath my track top. Just the tracksuit top. <laughs> He'll be aware of this and know it, that I'm ready to fight bare-chested should it, the eventuality arise. It will be zipped up to a position so that he can clearly see that I have nothing underneath. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> Your move, race. <laughs> You're not getting this club back so easily. <laughs> uh, what's funny is Blackie and... Mm. Um, What's his name? Fucking Gosling. What? <clears throat> Noel Baxter. Oh, Noel Baxter, that's it. And um, Duncan McKay. Yeah. They've all got these fixed, nervous, quite stiff smiles and yeah. postures. This is fine. Really, this is you know fine. This, it reminds me of when my dad would come round to pick me up at the weekend right. and accidentally bump into Archie, my mum's boyfriend. <laughs> and they'd have to yeah. shake hands and speak. And the... the I'd be like one of these lads, like Blackie stood yeah. there, kind of like, 
this is this fucking is awkward. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> Come on. And then like really over laughing. If one of them makes a little bit of a joke, really over laughing just to make sure the whole situation goes okay. <laughs> Hasn't Noel Baxter got a vagina there? Yeah. Looks like it, doesn't it? I think Different you'll find times. that I've had the lads tape their penises up their asses while you've been away. <laughs> they all have vaginas now. <laughs> nah, nice idea. Nice idea. Wish I'd thought well, of it myself. Yeah. Cheers I'd, for that. I decided against it a while ago. You know, but it works well, for you. That's fine. Look, I can see now it makes it more aerodynamic. Yeah, but it's not for me. I'll be making sure they untape their cocks during the first training session. We well, can all do it together as a team bonding thing. <laughs> on your head bit. Now, <laughs> have, you, have you kept them shaving their pubes? No, I have not. I have let all of them grow <laughs> their pubic hair back. I thought I found the sight of the the stubble around their groins revolting in the steam showers afterwards. <laughs> Big fucking mistake if you don't mind me saying so, Alf. You don't mind if I call you Alf, do you? I prefer Sir Alf. Yeah, well, whatever, Alf. I've had these lads shaving their pubes, right, since when I took over this club from Ben this fucking Galloway, right? Since they were Littlands. And it's never done them much fucking harm. Four fucking league championships in the last six years, yeah? None of them achieved with pubes. Not a single pube on any of these cunts. Yes, there was a relegation, but, you know, sometimes you take your eye off the ball. It can happen. <laughs> Keep them smooth. That's what I always say. I've got that stuck up around the fucking dressing room and in my office as well as a little motto to live by. Keep them smooth, but also keep them cocks swinging. That's yeah. very important. Don't be taping up their cocks. I know a lot of the continental managers do all that. There'll be clearly... no more fucking manginas in this squad. No, I'm back. I heard you spent time in Greece. That's probably where you picked up those fucking ideas, is it? <laughs> Actually, no. It was me who took the ideas to Greece. Not everyone knows this, but I had, Nobby st- I had Nobby Styles have his penis sellotaped to his backside throughout the 1966 World Cup Finals. <laughs> I left Jimmy Greaves out of the starting 11 because he refused to tape his penis up his anus. Sadly, he turned to drink afterwards, but it's his own fault. (laughs) He only has himself to blame. He is weak of mind. (laughs) Which he proved himself with the alcoholism. Uh, And with that ridiculous show, Saint and (laughs) Greavesy, which he presents with the Scotsman. I'd have jailed him for that. <laughs> what kind of Fraternizing man? Fraternising with the of, enemy. What kind of an English man is he? Parading <laughs> himself like a buffoon on television every Saturday afternoon. With a Scotchman. With, with that ghastly Scotchman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, anyway, uh, Sir Alf, fair enough. <laughs> uh, you've probably got places to be, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's have a look anyway because it goes into further detail in the story itself uh, it says at the top of the top of the page doctors cleared Roy he's back in charge exclamation marks galore and it says uh, following a shooting incident which had almost ended Roy's life Melchester super brat Vic Guthrie was helping the police with their inquiries meanwhile former England manager Sir Alf Ramsey was running the Rovers but at Wellingford, after a Kenny Logan goal had preserved Rovers' amazing unbeaten record, and of course that's what we saw at the end of the last one, Roy's waiting in the tunnel as they come off after getting a draw at Wellingford. 
Here they are. Here come the players down the tunnel. It's Roy and Penny and the twins. They must have been watching the game. Blackie Gray, Blackie Gray shouts, Wahoo! Fucking <laughs> 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 yes! Get Lenny's back! Fucking Wahoo! <laughs> Flan fucking Christ! <laughs> Come here, Roy Jr., you fucking fruitcake! <laughs> <laughs> Give Uncle Blackie a cuddle. I never see. I've never been so happy to see you out of your cage. <laughs> there we are. It's a nice cuddle. Oh, you started drooling on me. Get down. Fuck sake. Ah, get off. <laughs> Fucking hell. Roy, I'm not being funny, but I think he's pooped his pants again. <laughs> get him away from us. It's horrible. Oh, fucking hell, Pen. I don't worry, I'll get Taffy Morgan to clean him up. Did Taffy! You not put the f- Pen, did you not put the fucking nappy on him? We knew it was going to be exciting for him. <laughs> right, I know. Every time he sees Blackie, he shits his pants straight away. <laughs> Taffy, Taffy, come here. Taffy, clean the shit off that kid's ass, right? He <laughs> shat himself. Up. Take him in the showers and clean him up, fuck's sake. Admiral <laughs> uh, <and Noel> Baxter <laughs> shouts, this must be a sign that he's almost back to normal. Oh, almost. Oh, fucking hell. Again, Noel Baxter pinning his colours ever yeah. so slightly to the Ramsey mask there. Um, and Penny says, Penny looks drugged in this picture. She's pissed She's off her fucking nut. They, say, bo- they both I've are. Just, I've, I've developed a huge, I've developed a, 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 quite quite a Valium habit while you've been in your coma, Roy. <laughs> oh, look, at, look at his face as well. They've both been in the fucking director's lounge, haven't they? Oh, had quite the afternoon. At the expense of the Wellingford board. Thank you very much for having us. <laughs> it is interesting he's asking them to to help you in any way. Please don't hesitate to ask. Is it time to start the football game now? Is there any cheese? Or is that half time? Oh, we've had half time. Did they have some cheese and crackers? Yes. Oh, it was delicious. Goodbye. <laughs> And Penny says, you can say that again. His first family outing since the shooting. And he has to take us all to a football match. Stop mentioning the fucking shooting, Pen. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks. And he says, not just for one minute. <laughs> he says, not just any football match, Penny. I, oh, heck. Yeah, he's shit-faced. <laughs> and, uh, Forgot what I was saying, then. <laughs> I think it, it fucked my brain. The bu- bullet in brain. Yeah, you ever walk into a room? And then you sort of you forget what you walked in there for. That's all I feel like now. I'm getting that all the time. I'm sleeping a lot as well. It's weird. Um, I'm I'm thinking songs. I'm like hearing complete songs in my head, all new ones, not ones I've heard before. I should write them down. I can't. For years, I can't write music. So what I need to do is find someone who can. And then in the night or whenever it is, it hits me. I can call them. And hum it down the phone, and they write it down they write while it's it down still fresh in my head. Because sometimes then it's just gone. Because yeah. when I'm hearing them, I'm fucking telling you, they are nailed on number one hits. Yeah, that happened to Mary Steinbergen, the actor who's married to Ted Danson, I think, or was. She had yeah. some kind of minor operation, and the uh, anaesthetic fucked her mind. And now she thinks songs. She she writes songs now, and they're just flowing out of her. Fucking true story. Hell. She's she's written songs that have won Oscars and stuff. She well, was that, never yeah. musical at all before. That's incredible. Yeah. It happens, doesn't it? There's a, you can look at 
because uh, John Niven wrote a book about uh, an, a novel called The Amateurs about a geezer who got hit in the head with a golf ball and then suddenly right. became a brilliant golfer and yeah. like entered the Open Championship. It's a really good book, but in it, he writes about how you know th- this is a, a phenomena that people are aware of, like people who've been hit in the head, and when they mm. come to, they can speak Japanese yeah. and they have never learned a word of Japanese before in their yeah. life. Yeah, right. And so I, when I read this book, I thought, I wonder if this is all true. So I looked it up and there's all sorts of oh, fucking sensational of it, yeah. stories. To the extent, I'm not going to lie, and this sounds like a facetious thing we say on this podcast, but you do genuinely start to think maybe it's worth getting a bump on the head because who knows well, what it's going to unlock in your mind. It's probably worth taking a chance, isn't it? Hit yourself on the head with a, a small hammer, not a big one. What, like a craft a hammer? Arms. Or a, yeah. to- a toffee, toffee hammer? hammer. Yeah. yeah. Repeatedly. Just a little what dink. It brings up. Just a yeah. dink on the back of your head. Yeah. Ooh, Mary Steenbergen was married to Malcolm McDowell before Ted Danson. Whoa, fucking hell. There's a life lived. Jalapeño. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jalapeño. I was thinking about Malcolm McDowell because someone sent us a clip of a podcast where he was a guest talking about Roald Dahl. Oh, oh that's right, yeah. yeah. Didn't get around to listening to that. Well, I listened to the clip and it was funny. He was just saying what a weird guy Roald Dahl was. Yeah, Mary Mary Steenbergen woke up after minor arm surgery feeling like her mind was on fire. And then she <laughs> says, the best way I could describe it was that my brain... mind's on fire, eh? It just felt like my brain was only music and everything anybody said to me became musical. All of my thoughts became musical. Every street sign became musical. I couldn't get my mind into any other mode. What, why, why, what had happened to her head? I think it had just been the anaesthetic. She just had minor arm surgery. So it's just when she was wow. under, the, under the gas. So And she wrote a song in the film Wild Rose, which uh, I think she won an Oscar for it. Mad. That's that's the human that mind. That's fucking mental. We will never ever truly understand the human mind, or so. you know what potential it holds. But surely, do you not think evolution will mean that eventually we will, like the mind? They say how much they say we're only using like half of it or less than well, half of at it. At most eight percent, I reckon. I guess. Seriously. So over <clears throat> over the time, wouldn't evolution suggest that we will slowly unlock more and more of it? So, yeah. you know, if in the unlikely event of the human race still being in existence in a thousand years' time, mm. maybe we could be up to like 12%. And even oh, by actually. having 12% unlocked, we'd be fucking achieving the most incredible things. Yeah, I would like to see that. Writing songs, speaking Japanese, being brilliant at golf, the lot. All of it. Uh, anyway, should we get on with Roy the Rovers? Yeah. I'm getting distracted. So, uh, it's as Penny and the twins went off to wait in the players' room. Yeah. Right, yeah. Back in the players' lounge, more like. Back in the bar. 
Um, Blackie says, uh, any idea when you'll be reporting back for duty, Roy? Roy says, hopefully as soon as I hear the results of my latest batch of medical tests. And thank the man who's been looking after the shop for me. <clears throat> he says this as, as Ramsey enters the room. There's the dressing room. <laughs> dressing room, not changing room, isn't it? It's not mm. dressing room. It's dressing room in the theatre. Yeah, yeah. You and I, Sam, we frequent the dressing rooms. We're men of dressing rooms, We're not men of the dressing rooms. rooms. Mm. There'll be more with our upcoming thespian activities that we mentioned in uh, yesterday's Twitter episode. Yeah. Uh, and there's Ramsey. He says, Roy, you're a sight for sore eyes. Uh, Roy says, the Rovers couldn't have been in better hands, Alf. All I can say is... And then Ramsey says, it's me who should be thanking you, Roy, for the easiest job I've had. And <laughs> yeah, he's power playing in there, isn't he, really? He's just saying, uh, this yeah. was hard work for you, doing this, Roy, obviously. And the pressure was so much, you end up getting shot. I've just walked in. Easiest <laughs> thing I've ever done. <laughs> I've got to say, this is a piece of piss. You're living the easy <laughs> life here. Some weeks I this didn't even come equi- in. This is the equivalent of going to fucking managing the Chinese league. <laughs> I've had more stress weeding my fucking garden than doing this <laughs> and then he says a nice close up of him there and he says let's all hope that you pass those tests with flying colours the world of football just isn't the same without Roy Race and I'll leave it at that you can interpret that statement as you wish <laughs> <laughs> and then it says a few days later <clears throat> There's a couple of newspaper back pages. Doctors clear the way for Super Rover's return. Roy back in charge for a visit of Dalton to Mel Park. And that, mate, that looks like the end of Sir Alf, as far as Boy, we're concerned. Boy, Boy, Not the most, um, not a huge send-off for him, is it? No. Well, he got the front cover. He got the handshake on the front cover. But then he's gone, his job's done, he's off to, you know... Um, carry another mission somewhere else around the world I wonder it'll be back to Greece for me they kept the position open the dark fucking savages what else were they going to put in charge I think they had the local fucking cat managing the team before I turned up (laughs) a cat with fucking one eye a cat with one eye and he used to wear a bow tie to humanise him for press press interviews stand on the touchline fucking meowing and if you did something right, he would purr. And if you did something that displeased him, he would he would growl. They trained him how to stand on his hind legs and hold a dancing cane. <laughs> it's quite a spectacle. I mean, they're simple-minded people. They found it quite entertaining, I'm sure. But it was in no, by no means professionalised as a sport until I arrived. I'll be going straight back there with Mrs. Seraph. <laughs> and I'll be sending Mr. Jinx back to the cat sanctuary as soon as I get there. <laughs> the boss is back. I'll have him shot. <laughs> Served up for my tea. <laughs> I think we might have to uh, investigate Sir Alf's book. If indeed he's got one. There's a biography, isn't there? Yeah, there's a biography, on, not an autobiography. We normally do one, but we might have to bend the rules a little bit. And I wonder if that, there's I um, a, a documentary about Sir Alf. I don't know. Don't know. I'll look that up. I think that I'm going to have a look at the book, though. I think there could be something in that. Um, so there we are. We're watching uh, the TV, and it says the long-awaited news was carried 
by every branch of the media. Whoa. Every branch of the media. Newspapers, television, radio, magazines, the church. Telegrams, (laughs) town criers. The lot. Um... And there's your man on the TV there. Uh, so it's welcome back, Roy Race. On a more serious note, Vic Guthrie is still being questioned by the police. Guthrie was intercepted by Melchester at Melchester Airport as he was about to board a flight to the Middle Eastern state of Basran. And then, next for him, the police are also talking to Arthur Logan, father of the Melchester striker Kenny Logan. Mr Logan was traced to a hotel in the north of Scotland early this morning. Can you see what the hotel's <laughs> called, Sam? You see what the hotel's called? It's slightly hotel. disguised by Logan's head, but hotel. it's called the Hotel Sporran. <laughs> hotel Sporran. Why? Why is Kenny Logan's dad hiding out in a hotel in the north of Scotland? Fucking hell, the mind boggles. There's only one man who's guilty of this. We don't know who it is yet, but you've got Vic Guthrie trying to run away to Basran. You've got yeah. Logan hiding in a hotel. Unless they're all in it together. Yeah, but there's also if you cross Roy Race, ultimately because of his character, you know there's a high chance he will he will fucking finish you. He'll ruin your life. He will ruin your life, and to an extent, just by being linked by name speculatively to his shooting, like. Roy would see you as guilty by association yeah. and target you. And it so it's not for fear of the police, it's for fear of Roy and the lengths he would go to. That yeah. they're all just like, if I let any of these get a free pass pen, it'll be a sign of weakness and it'll undermine me standing in the club, <laughs> in the community, even here in the home, right? It, the, the fact is, all of them, there are rumours flying around about all of them. I have to sort all of them out, Right. It's a wonder they haven't all topped themselves because mm. there's no life to be lived now. Now they've been tarred by the, the racy brush. And then we uh, we see back at home um, Penny sitting in Roy's armchair Ooh, watching the Space Age telly. Great big cheese plant in the corner of the room. Proper 1982 mm. stuff. Um, it says, at home Roy was trying to answer the many letters and cards from well-wishers. Look at the fucking piles of letters and cards that this poor man has to deal with. Fucking hell. It's like the post room at Multicoloured Swap Shop. He, look, look, he looks fucked off. Well, he he looks bewildered, he? he? looks bewildered. And, and you yeah. would be, I mean, I don't know, sometimes you open up your inbox and look at the emails and there's quite a lot there. Not nearly as much as this, though. And you think, oh, fucking hell, am I going to do yeah. all this shit? Where's the fucking 25% of Uber Eats I'm trying to find? What's all this other stuff? <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, he's got it all to deal with. I mean, he's just he's just recovered from a fucking brain injury and he's having to go through all these letters and cards. Do these cunts not think about that when they're sending the, the, the messages of goodwill? It can be exhausting to read a letter. I mean, we get lots of stuff like this in emails and stuff and, you know, messages and things online. And, and it's there's two of us yeah. to, to wade through them. Plus, we, we're quite neglectful, so... Yeah, that's not our fault. It's just how it is. And we, we take one glance, and if it's anything more than two sentences, we just delete it. Shut it down, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, lads, I just wanted to tell you about this time me and my mates went out and got really pissed. No, you're all right, mate. <laughs> delete and block the user. Um, and uh, Penny's watching the telly, watching the arrest of Arthur Logan, and she says, do you think Logan could have anything to do with it, Roy? 
Uh, Roy said, uh, he made some nasty threats, Penny, but so did my cousin Arnie Meckiff. There's been no sign of him since I threatened to expose that land racket he was operating. <laughs> also as well, when I was shot, I have no recollection of the smell of whiskey. So I do not believe it could have been Arthur Logan. Couldn't have been a Scotsman. <laughs> I'd have smelt him. I the can smell Scotsman. <laughs> I can smell him from a mile off. I, there was, according to the old racy nostrils, which had never <laughs> let me down before, there were no Scotch anywhere near the murder scene. <laughs> So this is the nice bit of just rounding up the story, isn't it? That's what they're trying to do and highlight the, uh, the suspects again. Um, yet another suspect, it says, was Trevor Brinsden, a troublesome fan who'd been banned from Rovers home games. The following Saturday, uh, the crowd are going into Mel Park for the match and there's some coppers there and the chief inspector is saying, uh, keep a sharp eye out for Brinsden, men. <laughs> men. I wouldn't be surprised if that fanatic <laughs> chose this game to make his return to the scene. Yeah, what's he going to do? Fanatic. He's going to stand in the crowd and shout. That's what he does, isn't it? He might even throw a bog roll at the pitch. Oh, fucking hell. That's how fucking soft Melchester is. Yeah. Like, he might try and put got, the keeper off when there's a penalty. Whoa. They've got one guy who wears a T-shirt that says, I'm Roy's biggest fan, and just <laughs> shouts a lot. And the fucking police send that special squadrons to hunt him down. <laughs> Did we put those T-shirts on sale? Yeah. Oh, good. I need one. Do you want to know how many we've sold? How many? Naught. Oh, that's shocking. I think, I'll double check, but I was thinking about it the other day, like, we've got a lot of things on our website at uh, tftimemachine.com in the mm. merch section. And, so, and some of them sell a lot, but I'm Roy's biggest fan, I think, Nothing. was a little bit, even by our standards, too niche. Step too far. It was a reference to one frame in one comic book from the 1980s. Yeah. And you've and got to think as well, what is that going to... What questions is that going to provoke when people go out and wear that in public? And you're out and about, yeah. And it's it's, it's it's something you can't explain away, is it, easily? If you're the first person to buy a um, I'm Roy's Biggest Fan t-shirt, then we'll try and name-check you on <laughs> on a future pod. Okay, because good luck. good luck to you. But, but remember, I mean, there's been surprises. I remember when we first came out with the local hard man and local knobhead t-shirts yeah. you didn't think anyone was going to buy local hard man they've sold more than local knobhead okay. well, lo- we sell a lot of local hard man t-shirts that just goes to show what people are like doesn't it <laughs> yeah I'd go for the knobhead me um, so in the dressing room no we're not in the dressing room yet um, many of the fans heading for Mel Park had no hope of getting in the ground's nearly packed already I can't wait to see old Roy, says one of the fans. <laughs> this is the one. Same here. I had a horrible feeling that I'd never see him walk into the stadium again. Or walk at all, be, for that matter. I thought he'd be dead or severely disabled. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like he'd be a managing vegetable. the team from a wheelchair. <laughs> like a vegetable. He's, <laughs> his body is still just about functioning but his brain cannot send any coherent messages to his limbs. But I'd still support him and the Rovers, unless they got relegated again to Division 3. Then I'd probably stop coming. Then I'd support a better team. (laughs) Who who didn't have a crippled manager. (laughs) 
in the Rovers dressing room, Roy, very much not a cripple, says, uh, OK, lads, no team talk today. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, all right. Because I can't be fucking bothered. <laughs> I've forgotten pretty much everything about football and how it works. I've been fucking up half the night signing letters, so uh, no team talk. <laughs> he says, I'm just going to sit back and watch you hang on to that unbeaten record. And then Blackie chirps up. It won't be for the want of trying, boss. Yeah, uh, all right, Blackie, calm down a bit, mate. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> uh, uh, when I finished talking there, that was it. You had to go out there and play just them. No, don't. I have the final word. You know that. <laughs> As the room emptied, Ben Galloway's there behind Roy, and Roy says, "Ben, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I've got butterflies in the stomach." <laughs> and Ben. Puts a reassuring hand on his shoulder. I'm not surprised, Roy. It's a long time since you've faced a Melchester crowd. That'll help. That'll make him feel all right. Hmm. And uh, here come the teams. They're going to form a guard of honour for Roy. We want Racy. We want Racy. Fuck's sake. So the teams are coming out there. um, And Roy is making the long, lonely walk on his own up towards the tunnel, out onto the pitch, and he can just hear them shouting, We want Racy! Ben Galloway's thinking, They're all yours, Roy. Very poignant moment, isn't it? Very moving. (laughs) uh, It just says at the bottom, And the man who had cheated death went out to face new glory and an uncertain future. The fuck does that mean? No one's future's certain, is it? Everyone's wow, that's, future's uncertain. That, that's almost the biggest fucking problem with life, isn't it? Yeah. The future's uncertain. There's no Maybe predicting Maybe when we unpack more of our brain and we're using a higher percentage, we'll have more certainty about the future. That'd be nice. Maybe... Maybe when you unlock the full potential of the human mind, we will be able to sense what's going to happen in the future. I just don't yeah. know. But for now, you just want to stop thinking about it, mate. Just fucking rest. Mm. And it says, don't miss this emotional moment in next week's episode. Um, well, we won't. I can't see I'm particularly asked about Racy coming back out onto the pitch again. Doesn't it doesn't feel they're like... trying to generate some particular drama and excitement out yeah. there, but to it's me it's just sen- thing, sentimental bollocks. No one gives yeah. a fuck about that. So uh, with that in mind, how many marks out of ten are you giving that one? I'm only giving this week's one an eight. But really? It, it, it's be- I mean, obviously the, the confrontation between Sir Alf and... And Roy mm. is great. It's high drama of a Shakespearean mm. level. Oh, well, yeah, it's about, it a- it's it's as much about what isn't said as what is yeah. said between them, don't you think? I guess, yeah. But then it lets itself down with the false sentimentality at the end. So I'm yeah. going to give it an eight. Oh, I'll, I'll give it a nine. Um, there was there was times when it dipped when we were catching up with the uh, the suspects in the shooting, but uh, for the handshake and for, yeah, that uh, alone, you're right. Yeah. Well, there you go. We've disagreed, but that's fine. Uh, we'll be back with the next episode and Roy's glorious return back to the touchline. Obviously, he's not playing yet. He's just got a watching brief. But yeah. um, that, that'll come. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. TDF and dickheads. Just rest. Just rest.